This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good risings. I'm Brian, and this is Grateful Grains. Welcome back. This week, we're exploring what it is to know who we are. We got it started Monday with Who Are You Really? Tuesday, we took a closer look at personality tests. Wednesday, we explored altruism. Yesterday, we chose to engage. And today, we're changing posture. This week, we've been pretty heady, exploring identity itself and the evolution of self, our human experience. Today, we're bringing it back to the body, considering how our body language, especially posture, shapes how we engage with the world how the world engages with us, and ultimately, who we become. Dr. Amy Cuddy is a social psychologist, best-selling author, award-winning Harvard lecturer, and acclaimed keynote speaker. Her writing, research, teaching, and speaking focus on how we can take control of our own thoughts and feelings to affect presence and performance under stress. She explores the causes and outcomes of feeling powerful versus powerless, our own prejudices and stereotypes, nonverbal behaviors, and the delicate balance of projecting both our trustworthiness and our strength onto the world. We're really fascinated with body language. We're particularly interested in other people's body language. We're interested in awkward interactions or a smile or a contemptuous glance or a very awkward wink or the variations of a handshake. So obviously, when we think about nonverbal behavior or body language, it's all about communication. When we think about communication, we think about interactions. So broken down simply, we're asking, what is your body language communicating to me? What's mine communicating to you? Cuddy shares that social scientists have spent a lot of time looking at the effects of our body language or other people's body language. We've discovered that we make sweeping judgments and inferences based on body language. Those judgments can predict meaningful life outcomes like who we hire or promote or who we ask on a date. While we understand pretty thoroughly how our body language might play a role in someone else's perception of us and vice versa, we tend to forget that our own nonverbals are also signaling to ourselves. We are also influenced by our own nonverbals. Cuddy shares that she and her main collaborator, Dana Carney of Berkeley, wanted to know, can we fake it till we make it? There's some evidence that we can. For example, we smile when we feel happy, but also when we're forced to smile by holding a pen in our teeth, it makes us feel happy too, so it goes both ways. When it comes to power, it also goes both ways. When we feel powerful, we're more likely to expand in posture, but it's also possible that when we expand in posture or pretend to be powerful, we're more likely to actually feel powerful. Cuddy goes on to share that the next question became whether or not these shifts in perception had any impact on our physiology, more specifically, the presence of certain hormones. Powerful people tend to be, not surprisingly, more assertive and more confident, more optimistic. 
they actually feel they're going to win even at games of chance. They also tend to be able to think more abstractly. They take more risks. Physiologically, there's also differences in two key hormones, testosterone, which is the dominance hormone, and cortisol, which is the stress hormone. It turns out that high-power alpha males in primate hierarchies have high testosterone and low cortisol, and powerful and effective leaders also have high testosterone and low cortisol. When you think about power, people tend to think only about testosterone because that's all about dominance. But really, power is also about how we react to stress. So do we want the high power leader that's dominant, high on testosterone, but really stress reactive? No. We want the person who's powerful and assertive and dominant, but not very stress reactive, the person who's more laid back. So how does posture affect behavior? Standing in power postures for just two minutes, the Wonder Woman or Superman pose, hands on the hips, chin high, with risk tolerance, which is gambling, 86% will gamble. When in low power pose condition, only 60%. And that's a significant difference. With testosterone from their baseline, high power poses experience about a 20% increase, and low power poses experience about a 10% decrease. With cortisol, high power poses experience a 25% decrease, and the low power poses experience about a 15% increase. So just two minutes of deliberate posture changes lead to these hormonal changes that configure our brain to basically be either assertive, confident and comfortable, or really stress reactive and feeling sort of shut down. Our bodies change our minds, and our minds can change our behavior, and our behavior can change our outcomes. In this case, we can fake it until we make it. Cuddy closes by arguing, that tiny tweaks can lead to big changes. Just two minutes of power posture before we go into the next stressful evaluative situation. In the elevator, in the bathroom stall, at our desk behind closed doors, we can configure our brain to cope the best in these situations. We can get our testosterone up, we can get our cortisol down. Being cognizant of our posture can help us make certain that we not leave a situation feeling like we didn't show them who we really are. Thanks so much for joining us on Grateful Grains. You can find us on Instagram at Good Risings, or you can find me at B McMuffin. We'll see you again Monday. Until then, remember, a better tomorrow starts with today. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>